Spikianet Podcast. Top five bad stoppages in MMA with special guest Aaron Bronstetter. Strap in. Save me, I can be whoa. I'm a president's son. I don't need no soul. All the soldiers say. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com, but on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, but we do it in a slightly different way. Uh, usually we are a breakdown show, or at least breakdown heavy, but we get to kind of revisit and lean on another part of our entertainment as we are, not to timestamp this too much, amongst the COVID-19 coronavirus epidemic, so luckily we have top five shows for those shows, though, I need a co-host. So, if you are listening on iTunes, you probably just got played in by the beautiful uh, tones of Portugal the Man. Uh, you can go download their stuff on iTunes. But if you're joining us on YouTube, you're probably seeing a handsome devil to my left or to my right. I don't know. He's been on this program <laughs> before. It is Aaron Bronstetter at Aaron Bronstetter on Twitter. You know him, of course, from the TSN MMA show. He is a reporter for TSN Sports over in Canada. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Dan? Yeah, Skype arbitrarily decides what side you're on after you save the, the thing. You just never know. It, it's like a it's, it's a jigsaw puzzle. But uh, yeah, no breakdowns today. The only breakdown is the one that's happening on planet Earth right now. So let's get through it with some, uh, some top five action. I always like it. Absolutely. No better time than to look at history uh, than right now because, A, we have some time on our hands. Um, which, by the way, Aaron's been making great use of. Again, I plugged his Twitter. You can probably find all of it there. Uh, I'm sure Aaron can correct me. But uh, a lot of great content, your coffee and combat. And, of course, like I said on your podcast, Aaron, before we get into the show, I just wanted to give you props for that Elliot Marshall interview. I really dug that. Um, not to timestamp this show too much, but, every, again, everybody listening to this within time of release, I suggest you go back and check out that that interview. Yeah, it's pretty timeless for the most part. Not Not talking about any real current issues, but talking about um, you know, him and I both have generalized anxiety disorder. So we were talking a little bit about how that impacts people during uh, the coronavirus. And his take was uh, was a good one, which is basically like it's actually good because you actually have something real to be anxious about to distract you from all the fake anxious stuff, the fake stuff that makes you anxious from having generalized anxiety disorder, which is a very valid point. Yeah, and just a, a, a last note on that. I just loved how how rational he was about everything too. Is 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 that you know for anybody maybe would hear that and I don't want to say stereotype, but even it's natural to have a certain ideas pop in your head. Um, if you go back and listen, you'll, you'll you'll probably be surprised at how quite rational he breaks things down. And like Aaron said, we are going to be doing our own breaking down on this year program. The topic, of course, uh, if I didn't say it was top five bad stoppages. Now. Long time, long time listeners. Yeah, tough to do. Long time listeners of the podcast may recall a previous episode of Top Five Fights You Wish Were Stopped Sooner. Of course, that one, as I was discussing with Aaron, that's probably more of a focus. And not that we won't see these revisited or retouched on here, but that one obviously is more of a focus on fights that, well, frankly, in the title, it should have been stopped uh, as far as that goes. But a bad stoppage, Aaron, as we were briefly touching on, we wanted to save it for the pod here. But a bad stoppage, this topic we're doing today, it really can go in a lot of different directions. We can take a lot of different perspectives, can we not? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's stoppages where fights were um, stopped for the wrong reason or were, were declared something they shouldn't have been declared. There's obviously bad stoppages where it goes on for too long, like the ones that you had probably discussed in that previous show, and then ones that happen way too quickly. So we got a lot of those. Absolutely. And like I said on that episode, and it's it's good to rehash these because a lot has happened, especially sadly for a topic like this, Aaron. Like some topics like uh, oh, kick yeah. KOs, it may, may take a little longer to accrue because we're either saturated and it just takes so long to stand out, whereas bad stoppages or if we did like bad um, scorecards, if that was an episode, for example, like I feel like those episodes you could have new lists sadly almost every year. Oh, 100%. Bad scorecards, I mean... Ross Pearson versus Diego Sanchez, I think, might oh, be sitting geez. at number one for a long time. But uh, there's certainly a lot of bad ones to discuss. Uh, well, one, one of them from this year was that T.J. Brown got a 10-9 round from a ref when he was literally choked unconscious in that round. Uh, and th- that, that might be one of the worst single-round scorecards you'll see. Although I argued that with James Krause because uh, Joe Solis gave him that uh, – his opponent the 10-9, gave Trevin Giles a 10-9 in their first round where Krause had his back for four minutes. And Krause was somehow able to convince me that that was – a worse scorecard than the guy who literally got choked unconscious winning the round in uh, Virginia about a month later. That's impressive. That's an impressive argument from <laughs> Mr. Krause there. But hey, you, you, you can't you can't say the guy's bias. He he gives a he gives his time to select an answer. He's an educated guy. Probably is doing well as a coach for a reason. But mm-hmm. like I said, we're not trying to uh, we're not trying to trounce judges here uh, or uh, I should say officials, referees here. In fact, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I'll do my best to kind of. Um, well, not just be fair. I feel like me and you, uh, you know, for, for all our faults, I feel like we're, we're arguably pretty fair people for for our perspective beats. So I'm not worried about that per se, but I also do want to try to do my due diligence without doing a whole nother top five, obviously. But also to highlight that, you know, these refs, they do make good calls as well. They should be praised for them. In fact, they should be praised more for them because they don't get praised as much. And like we said off the top, sadly, it's really easy to pick from all these bad stoppages. So in no way do I want to uh, say off the top, and I'll let you t- say your piece on this, Aaron. In no way do I want to disrespect uh, officials. Uh, there's so many of them that are doing good jobs. I know I'm always harping on guys like Jason Herzog, who I'm always giving the, the big ups to. Um, I-, I always try to do my best to do that. So please do not take this as we're just, let's just pile on the rest because they're easy targets here. Well, yeah. And the thing that I would like to give the refs credit for is when I looked down my list and I went from top to bottom, it's all over the place. Like there was not a whole lot of consistency with refs. Like there's a Herb Dean one. There's a John McCarthy one. There's Mazagati. There's Kim Winslow. Like, but there weren't a lot of multiple time offenders for the most part. Um, so I thought that that actually is probably a good sign that refs just make mistakes. I mean, it's it just is what it is. And the refs will admit to that, I'm sure. In fact, one of the ones that I have, the ref admitted to it, and there was a, a rematch that night. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. It's on my honorable mentions. It might be in your top five. But uh, we can we can uh, advance and uh, and get right into it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that one will be talked about. So, yeah, we will, <laughs> we will be getting right into it. Although I will say um, eh, I may have some trends on my list, Aaron. Eh, there may be some uh, repeat offenders on my list. And... Uh, might be the same <laughs> scenarios a lot of the times, which, you know, and again, when I do point these out, I'm not pointing them out to pile on, but we always call for, you know, Aaron, I'm sure you've said it yourself too. A lot of media members have our colleagues where the accountability is the main thing. There, there are plenty of ideas and there are plenty that we can get behind. There are plenty that we can refute, but I think the common theme first is accountability it is a common thread, I should say, with many of our, our you know, uh, perceived fixes for this situation. So, um, if anything, you hope that these trends are being spotted when they have these meetings with these refs that like, okay, 
Um, most of yours are, are ground stoppages here. That's kind of a, you know, whether it's a submission or a late ground and pound stoppage, that's the common thread here. So you hope this is being done, but this might give us some perspective. So like you said, Aaron, let's get right into the list. You know how this show works, my, my friend. So I'm sure you will not be opposed to me stepping out of the driver's seat, letting you take over, slide over. You're going to take control of the steering wheel. We're going to go from five to one, going back and forth for people that aren't aware. And at the end, we get to the listeners list that were submitted, followed by our honorable mentions. So Aaron, if you don't mind going first, what was your number five for top five bad stoppages? All right, I'll just preface my list by saying that I don't have any regional stuff on here because there's a a ton of terrible regional stuff. But I don't want to be like, this guy who never made it to any sort of major organization beat this guy and the ref didn't stop it. Then the guy was unconscious. Like we see a lot of that in the regional scene, but I wanted to stick with the major promotions. So um, last week you did your podcast with the Jordan Killian and you said that number five, you tend to reserve for a hipster pick. So I'm going to, I'm going to give my hipster pick out the gate and that's uh, Rob McCullough versus Olaf Alonzo uh, at WEC 19. Um, so McCullough drills Alonzo. This is early in the second round. Drills Alonzo with a shot that sent the, his mouthpiece flying further than I've ever seen a mouthpiece fly. Like it went, it had to have left the cage, and like th- this was a shot that took place in the center of the cage, and the mouthpiece, the mouthpiece went flying way out of the cage. And uh, at that point, you probably just stop the fight because like you see the impact of that blow. But the referee doesn't. He he lets he lets Alonzo be a warrior for a little bit. So this referee, John Shorley, um, whose name I, I had only really heard from this situation, um, was just really out of position. But as a result of that, McCullough landed a massive strike from from top, and Alonzo is out. Like, he's out cold. And McCullough somehow was able to land two even bigger strikes while Alonzo's out cold. So, um, basically, Alonzo is just basically getting pummeled. And the ref is so out of position. But, I mean, again, this is a fast sport, so I, I can't rip this referee that much. He just happened to be a little bit out of position. He's not a, a name that we're super familiar with, John Shorley. So, I can't, I can't you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this guy look bad. He just happened to be a little bit out of position in a really bad time. And as a result of that, it was a terrible stoppage because McCullough was able to just pound on Alonzo. From there, Alonzo ended up losing four in a row and McCullough went on to become the lightweight champion of the WEC. Yeah, that's a great one. I didn't go back and watch it. Um, I wrote it here for an honorable mention. I didn't go back and watch it for this episode, but I, but I did it for the episode that I cited um, earlier. And what I what I noticed, and I'm going to be foggy here, but what I, what I remember and again, in defense, I guess if you if you would say for the for the referee, that is almost like he got distracted. If memory calls uh, recall serve uh, before um, Alonzo uh, drops to the ground, mm-hmm. and by I don't the know, mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was the mouthpiece <laughs> itself because, like you said, like I, I think for, I feel like Cub Swanson versus George Roop is the only other contender for as far as like mouthpiece launches that I can remember, and it was one of the most impressive. Like it's like a movie like mouthpiece launch. for people yeah. that aren't this aware, go back too. and watch. This it. one actually looks fake. Like if you saw this yes. in the movie, you'd leave. You'd leave the theater and be like, Nah, a mouthpiece can't travel that far. And it's old school WEC, so you should still be able to find it on Fight Pass for those yep. uh, curious that want to go watch this. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. It was it, it, it's d- deserving to be on a top five list. It might have been on a listener's list is how it came up last time. But either way, that's 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 very deserving. That's a good hipster pick too because it, it's like it's of a it's of a WC era that goes unsung. So a good era. All, all the right. WC is awesome. Oh yeah, all WC era, right? Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. All right, my number five. I don't know. My number four and five, I guess, could be considered hipster picks, but they're they're going at certain angles. And um, depending on who you ask, um, this was a good stoppage because 
you know, the referee saved Drew Dober's life from Leandro Silva. Oh. Leandro had that, that just devastating guillotine from half guard. Uh, <laughs> from half guard, you know, because so yeah, many are yeah. finished there um, on Drew Dober. Uh, who, Drew Dober wasn't even hurt or shook before the exchange. Like, it was the most slowest exchange ever. And it looks like the referee is, and I don't have his name, but... The, 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 Eduardo Hurdy. Eduardo Hurdy. This one's on my list also, so yeah. Okay, and, and the tie-in here, you spoke about Joe Solis and the reason why it was extra bad, because it wasn't just a bad call. But when you reference Joe Solis, it was a bad call compiled with something that people don't – another thing people don't talk about when we talk about referee problems, Aaron, they don't talk about enough, I, I would say, is the biases. So as someone who has trained, spent most of their lives in gyms and gone to the media, when I was deciding what, what jobs could I be good at, Aaron, and before I maybe landed on analysts by accident, if anything, but – uh, I did think about refereeing and judging, but you know what stopped me from that, Aaron? That it was a thankless job? It, probably, but no, that actually wasn't it. But it was because even me, non-sociable, non-like trying to like be buddy-buddy with people, I go to the gym just to work. I'm nobody popular. But even me, Aaron, I know enough people that there would be way too many goddamn conflicts of interest, pardon my French, if I were to you know judge local tough enough shows and amateur fights out here, much less pro fights. And Eduardo Hurdy was a black belt that had ties to black belt Leandro Silva, two Brazilians in Brazil. So it didn't really look great um, to, you know, when you add that into the bad call, which again, looked like it was just like a bad stand-up. Like Dober was like, what the F? But he thought he was just getting stood up. He didn't think the fight mm -hmm. was getting stopped. I believe it actually did get overturned to a no contest eventually. But you had this on your list, Aaron. Yeah, can I tell you where I had it? Should I like? Should please, I reveal please, that? Please go or? ahead. Go ahead. This was this was number one on my list. Holy shit! Yeah, this was number oh. one on my list. And oh. the reason why is because like he stops the fight when Dober's out. Like Dober's Dober's out of the hold. Yes. And Hurdy comes in and waves the fight off, and Dober's like, "What are you doing, man?" And uh, John Anik has the, has a great quote: uh, "A very forgettable moment for Eduardo Hurdy." Yes, that's great. Which is great. Uh, John Anik, like just being as as PC as possible in the moment where he probably wants to just rip the guy to shreds. But so he's in half guard, as you mentioned. Silva's got the neck. You see Dober getting out of it. Dober also gives the thumbs up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And gets out of the hole. Yes, so yes. So, like, all three – so, there's, like, four things that are, like, clear. Like, if you know – like, even if you don't know jujitsu, there are four things that are, like, clear indications that th this guy's in absolutely no pr trouble at all. So, half guard is one. Number two is that he's his neck is moving out of the hold. So, he's, like, creating distance between the, the, the choke itself and him and himself, and like, him, him and his opponent. Then you've got number three, which is, of course, the thumbs up. And number four, the fact that he actually gets out of the hold. And then Hurdy waves it off. And and the fact that it gets overturned by commissions, and commissions <laughs> never overturn yes. anything. Like, there was one that's in my honorable mentions. Can I bring it up? That, that please, didn't get please, overturned? yes, absolutely, yes. So, so Steve Mazzagatti um, uh, stopped um, Kevin Burns versus Anthony Johnson. And Johnson, like, he looked like he got hit by a bullet when he got hit in the eye by, yes. by Kevin Burns. And he goes down, and he's face down. Like, And it clearly wasn't a strike that puts him down. And Mazzagatti waves it off. And they call it a TKO, but it's like it was a it was a detached retina. He had to have surgery after that. Like it was it's such a blatant eye poke. And Keith Kaiser and the Vegas Commission don't overturn it. Nope. It's like it's still a TKO on Johnson's record, which is insane. That's insane. But I this one actually that, yeah. got this one got overturned. Like that's how bad of a of a call this one is. The In fact Brazil. That it got, like yeah, if we look at any of these other ones, I don't think any of them. This might be the only fight ever that got overturned. In the UFC, by like a that was a bad stoppage. 
Like, can you modern think of- era for sure? Modern era for sure. I'd have to think like I'd have to go deep and, and they're, they're maybe both. Yeah, but I, I don't have a good recollection enough of the, all the weird calls, which we'll get into another weird one in the early UFC days later, I'm sure. But yeah, no, totally. You're right. Yeah, that, that's that, number that one. Not, There's that, just so that, many things about it that are so awful. That does not happen. No, no, totally. And Harry still gets assignments. He was assigned on the last card in Brasilia. Yeah, yep, yeah, totally. And I, you're right. I love that uh, note from John Attic because John Attic's the best at. And I think who's who's their producer? Um, the, the really good noted UFC producer. I'm forgetting his name. He's still with him. Bosari, Craig Bosari, I think. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. That? But I was thinking of somebody different. But yeah, Bosari is like overseas production. Either him or somebody else. But I remember tweeting something to Anik about like about like uh the best at like not just being PC but he's PC while still having like the subtle jab you know he's still like mm-hmm. kind of giving a nod to the uh you know to to the hardcore crowd you know uh, like like when Greg Hardy won his first fight in the UFC or something like I forget what John Anik says like he doesn't take a shot at Greg Hardy he's not disrespectful by any means but I love how Anik rides that that line and I'm not talking about like political fence rider he's afraid to take a side but he delivers his job, but he also delivers, you know, he delivers another kind of subtle layer for the hardcores there. And um, I don't know if it was Basari or somebody uh, kind of acknowledged that 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 tweet and and, um, and we're like, yeah, he's, he's one of the best at that. But yeah, shouts to Anik because he was just like, yeah, forgettable moment for Eduardo Hurdy there. Man, yeah. I feel bad. I, I, I sunk your battleship on the first one. Well, that's okay. I, but that's it's okay. It's okay. We can do a... Hopefully a, I get you back later. Yep. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> you, you, you may very well. And now that I'm looking at it, like my number four probably could have been higher on my list too because I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, maybe this number five probably should have been higher. But that was my number five. Um, Aaron, I'll let you decide if you want to swap, you know, you want to you swap things around or however you want to do your Chinese fire drill. You just want to stay on course and, and give me your number four as is. Uh, I'll leave that up to you, sir, but the ball's in your court. Are you going number four? Are we doing the? Uh, yeah, why don't you go number four? You why don't I go ahead. number four? Okay, I'll go number four. Yeah. Then I'll double dip here. We'll we'll do it that way. So my number four snake draft. This is another. This is another different, uh, different version of a bad stoppage. But it covers a lot of different things. Now, um, the stoppage itself, you we could argue the semantics of, uh, you know, was this a bad stoppage or this or that, but this kind of happened twice to Dan Mergliata. The first time, which is not on my list, and I don't. I don't want to get into it too much in case it is, but I, I, uh, but I do want to cite it, which was um, Weidman Musasi. But then he has another fight, which is my number four, which is Cowboy versus Ferguson. And mm-hmm. both of these are very similar in that Big Dan is out of position, um, in a bad position. Uh, this one more his fault, because whereas it just kind of was happenstance that he was on the opposite side of the front choke slash knees that Musasi was giving Weidman. Uh, Big Dan, of course, makes a questionable stop, uh, a call of stopping the action. But the fact that the shots were legal, the fact that the fight was 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 pretty much headed that way, anyways. If you look at the momentum, um, not a lot really was happened to Big Dan there. In fact, you could argue more happened with uh, Musasi because he gets what could have been a clear win over a former champion. His last fight in the UFC. Now he has it tainted, right? He still gets the TKO, right? It still says TKO, but he gets it tainted. Whereas this one with Cowboy and Ferguson, um, it's one of the things I, I, I really hate. Uh, you know, we've seen it with, uh, and, and I don't think this will be on your list, so I'll, I'll burn it just for a site reference, like C.B. Dalloway, Hector Lombard, or maybe fights that haven't been stopped, like UFC 208, Drain Durandamy, Holly Holm, where the ref does not put themselves in position. Again, the bell, uh, Big John goes over this well. The bell is just an indicator that the round is over. The round is not over for the fighters 
until the ref tells them and stops them and gets in between them. Holmes or Andam is a great example because it happened twice. Yep. And, and, I, and I said it was the ref's fault. Like, it I, is. I don't blame Jermaine at all. It is. And then, unfortunately, it misleads the commentary. And I'm not, not making an excuse for Rogan uh, or anything. Uh, I, but at the same time, I'm not trying to, you know, um, I'm not here with my pitchfork and my torches coming after him. At the same time, I don't agree with Rogan. But at the same time, Rogan wouldn't even have gone down that path of narrative if it weren't for these refs doing their jobs in the first place. So it compounds the bad calls slash, in this case, bad stoppages when the when the commentator follows suit of the ref and goes, oh, that was dirty, that was dirty. Because human nature, a lot of times when you get something wrong, you want to project, right? Projecting in Psychology 101, folks, is when you accuse somebody, when you make a mistake and you accuse somebody of either that same mistake or of a mistake regarding the situation. That is projecting. It is human nature. I don't blame these refs for doing it. They are not bad people for doing it, but they are doing it nevertheless, Aaron. You see, uh, what's his name? Who always, And I always pick on this guy for New York shows, but God damn, does he have a lot of bad calls. He's actually not on this list. Um, Anderson. Kevin McDonald? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Anderson, what's his name? Uh, something I know Anderson. What you're yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the, the, the GDR home fight. And then with Big Dan, when Tony, when he's out of position... Uh, and as well as Blake Grice with like the Walt Harris and and uh, over in New York, they start blaming the fighter through the late strike. Oh, you knew that. I said no. You knew. You knew. And they literally say you knew. Or in Big Dan's case, that was dirty. And he says it on the microphone. It picks up. It goes to the broadcast. And it gets further that narrative by the commentary who are also listening to the same audio we are. And now a bad position, a bad call from a ref gets thrown on a fighter. How many how many years has been GDR beginning called by even prominent media members? A dirty fighter, you know, all be, all because of a ref yeah, not the ref do, wasn't in position. not doing 100%. their job, and and now all of a sudden all these interviews years later, and everybody's like, hey, this GDR, she's a cop. She's I've always had, had, had her back on, on her that. Face. Yeah, I've she's always had her nice, back on that. Yeah, you have, you have, you've been great, and and, and and people are like, oh wait, she's a nice gal. I'm like, yeah. Um, and again, this all traces back to a bad stoppage. I know I'm not talking about the stoppage that I pick, but yes, Cowboy versus Ferguson. Ferguson was lighting him up, man. This fight was not going anywhere. Yes, Cowboy picks up in the later rounds, but guess who else? picks up in the later rounds and never gets tired is Tony Ferguson and Big Dan was not in position and, I, and I'm, I'm sure Big Dan's a really nice guy I'm not trying to come at him he's made plenty of good calls but in this t- case he was not in position again and not only was he not in position and I know it's human nature but he blames Ferguson calls him a dirty fighter luckily the fight does get stopped albeit ignominiously we were robbed of an amazing fight um, Tony Ferguson all the adversity he gets and again you know he's supposed to be getting a win and Tony Ferguson is getting booed the champion who never lost his bout this guy's already been through enough shit now he's got to be a dirty fighter too big Dan because you didn't step up and do what was in the rules so th- there's a lot attached to that I'm sorry if I kind of got lost in the weeds but there's just so much wrong with that stoppage and it's representative to something that I need to see corrected which is refs you are responsible for the round ending fighters commentary fans understand that and Cerrone was actually on the other side uh, uh, sorry on um, in another fight in 20, 2019 there was one of the bad stoppages the one with Jaron Vallel against Gaethje and Gaethje was just wailing on him and Jaron yes. Vallel took forever to step in but uh, yep. that's not on my list or anything but I just yep. wanted to point that one out yep good 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 shout there good shout all right passionate number four what's your number four Aaron all right uh, Bellator 60 Curran versus Warren for the title um, so you see um, Pat Curran uh, it's Pat Curran. Yeah, Jeff Curran's the other. I always get Pat and Jeff confused. But Pat Curran is basically like beating on Joe Warren for like 45 seconds 
with with uh, Warren not defending it. I've got the ref name here. Let me let me let me give this guy a shout out. Jeff Malott, because I don't know. Yep. I, I, he's yep. not he's not a common referee. Right. But Jeff Malott's just standing there watching, and like he's. I think I think Warren absor- uh, absorbed three flying knees during the exchanges. Like he was just getting teed off on by by Pat Curran. Like Curran was was just absolutely dominating him for like 45 minutes. Warren's like not even really blocking the shots, and it, it took until basically Warren like crumbled like an accordion for this referee to step in. But it could have been stopped like on five different occasions yep, prior to that. Yep, like yep. that's a really bad one. Like I was watching. What I did was I ranked all of the stoppages out of ten. Like, and this one got a 10. Like, basically, I think everything on my list, um, with the exception of the Alonzo one, the, the, the first one that I had, okay. that, which I gave a 9 to, got a 10 out of 10. That's this fair. one got a 10 out of 10. Because the referee's just watching Warren get just totally obliterated by Pat Curran for, like, I think it was, like, about 45 seconds of just unanswered shots, barely blocking them, taking flying knees. And the guy's just standing there watching. That's a brutal one, dude. Yeah, I have this written down here. Bellator 60 it went down at, and... This almost made my list, so I'm really glad you got it on your list, Aaron. It was a really bad one, especially Joe Warren at this time, you know, because he was built up and rightfully so. He he he, you know, he had that bravado, good on him. Uh, he you know he yeah, was one of those fl- he, he was one of those flag holders in a crucial in a quietly crucial time for Bellator. Okay, but you know, I'm not sure off the top of my head if that Alexis Via knockout was before or after this, but this is all around the same time where we're starting to see Joe Warren. You know, he, he gets forced down from. Uh, featherweight from this, and I think he goes down to bantamweight right after this, and then yeah. we see some more bad stoppages. But this, this was a really bad one. Um, I believe about forty-five seconds to fifty seconds in the neighborhood for where, like, you could really make arguments that okay, this this should this this mm-hmm. could be stopped here to when it does get stopped because I, I I don't know if you did that kind of uh, drill well, the, rehearsal. When yeah, we're watching the commentary, these. the commentators like you got to stop the fight, stop the fight, stop yes. the fight. Yes, that that like that. your like your gift to throw in the towel. <laughs> Dude, throw the tap, throw, throw the damn towel. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this was this was bad. There was um, <laughs> uh, the, the, there was a po- there was a moment like that that I thought existed with Joe Silva for my number three, but I couldn't find it. I thought it was one of the many Joe Silva moments where he's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I forget this wouldn't be on the list, so I'll burn it. But like, what was it? The uh, the body slam of uh, Sports Center. It was Gerald Harris. Yeah, uh, Gerald Harris body slam. Body slammed. Uh, what was his name? The double champ uh, from uh, David Branch. David Branch. That's right. And you see J- Joe Silva. Like he knew what, what the outcome was going to be before it happened. As soon as he goes up, you see Joe Silva. Go, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he just goes down. <laughs> uh, sorry. Right. On that note, Joe Silva's missed just for facial reactions and and for and for faceoffs. Oh like, yeah. I, I missed Joe Silva just for those two reasons. I uh, I, I was re- replaying some fights for uh, for somebody who's kind of just getting into the sport. And one of the things I replayed him, like, I replayed him, like I was, I was saying on, on um, last week's live chat, Jim Miller versus Joe Lozon. And just seeing someone react to that fight for the first time and validating your feelings for it, you're like, mm-hmm. yes. But another one I played randomly was John Jones versus Stefan Bonner, just so uh, the person could see Joe Silva's, uh, all his crazy reactions because he's yeah. losing his shit during that fight. It's Losing's awesome. Yeah. Um, should I jump into number three then, Aaron? Yeah, go ahead. I couldn't find or it. Or actually, am I, am I going number three? Yeah, we're doing snake draft, right? Let's go snake draft. You go number three, actually. Yeah, yeah, you go number three. You're right. Let's do that Let's way. Which, uh, which one I have here. Wait, so, uh, did you, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you go number three. Yep, yep. Yeah, you we'll go number, I mean, you, you kind of already have my number one. So, I mean, we, we could just write that one off and I could do my next three after that. But whatever you'd like. Uh, whatever's easier for you, man. If you want to go now or we could do it that way. Um, why don't you go? I'll, I'll just pretend that uh, Dober versus Silva was like whatever my number four since we discussed that one already. Why don't you go ahead with number three? Okay, okay, cool. 
So my number three, this one, uh, I, this one makes it on the list. It still stands the test of time because part of the reason why I picked this because the guy who got stopped, Aaron, you could tell it was a bad stoppage because like the fight was probably about four years from 2017, the last closest iteration I did to the show, and this and fighter that got stopped hadn't fought since, and he's under 30. It's 2020, not to timestamp the show, Aaron. And TJ Wahlberger yeah, still has not Wahlberg fought almost, right? yeah. since since yeah he got stopped by by Mike Pyle. Is this on your honorables mm-hmm. or is this on your list? It was well? on my honorables, yeah. Okay, well, it's for a pe- bad one. Yeah, for people that don't know, I think it's back in 2013. Mike Pyle was on probably the last of his quiet little runs. Um, Mike Pyle, obviously a fan of hardcore, people that have been watching the sport for a while. With me and my bias to extreme couture and and getting to work with Mike, obviously I'm a lifelong Mike Powell fan. So did he that, destroy you in the gym like he did everybody else? Apparently he's like he was like one of the, the best gym fighters in, in UFC history. Yeah, thankfully I wasn't good enough to be like <laughs> uh, in the pro practices when he was around. But I got messed up from Mike was like a super nice guy though because he would actually like randomly pick out like kids like from the amateur teams and stuff like with the, that I was training with, and he would take us aside and give us lessons. And he was actually helping a buddy of mine. Shout out to James Lanham. Um, working uh, turtle drills, riding drills, when people are trying to turtle and stand against the against the fence. And um, Mike showed a bunch of dirty tricks from checking oil, yeah, uh, don't make me explain that, to other things. And I'll say this, Aaron, I still have scars on my knees from just being the the, the training buddy, the, the dummy, because he would show it on me, and then I would have to do rounds with my buddy James. So I was pretty much like, uh, it was like, it's like, it's like a scene from American History X. I'll leave it at that. And you can guess which character I was. And uh, <laughs> it was it was not pretty. I was just getting pushed Eaton up Damon. against the wall and beat up. And I was like, this is just a drill. I'm like, thank God I'm not getting actually greenlit. Like, I- I'm glad that these guys like the Jay Herons and the Mike Piles of the world like me. Because Jay Heron and Mike Pyle were the guys that were greenlighting people that you hear, you hear stories about back in the day. But uh, Mike Pyle pre- greenlit um, poor TJ Wahlberger. He pretty much... Hurts him with a bunch of knees and elbows from the clinch. Mike Pyle was quietly good there. And then literally for about 55 seconds, he ground and pounds him. And within the first 55 to 45 seconds of that stanza, he goes out. And you hear Rogan go, I think he's out. Because you see him go limp. uh, Because the head has nowhere to go against the mat. But then Mike Pyle just elbows him again and again. And it wakes TJ Wahlberger up. And he starts, like, turning and trying to swim. And it was really bad, like... It's probably the most sympathetic I've ever heard Rogan for a stoppage. And not that Rogan is not sympathetic or aware of what a bad stoppage is. You seldom hear this tone of voice from Rogan. I'll say that. So it's yeah. worth going back to watch. And that was Herb Dean, by the way, uh, calling that one. All right. Well, um, I'll... Uh, I'll... Who, who do I have for the rap? Oh, this one's a bad one, too. So um, I guess this is technically going to be my number two if we're moving down Silva and Dober. Okay. So... Uh, because I want to just I want I want to make sure Silva versus Dober is in my five. I can I can give some good honorable mentions, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this will be like your number two then. Yeah, cool. we'll, we'll call this my number two. Cool. Um, so this one's uh, Neil Magny versus Hector Lombard at UFC Fight Night 136. Oh. So Steve Percival is the referee, and uh, in the first round, like Lombard is is pounding on Neil Magny, and like you could you could that was a for sure a 10-8 round, and you could argue that that could have been stopped at some point when Lombard is, is beating up Magny. But Magny's weathering the storm. He's getting through it. You could have stopped it, but they didn't stop it. Whatever. No harm, no foul. You go into the second round, and Magny just turns the table on uh, on Lombard. He has him in a triangle. He ends up turning it into top and uh, lands 114 significant strikes in the second round. In one round, 105 of them are to the head. He has him in full mount. At one point, it looks like Lombard is essentially tanning. Like, you know when you're, like your head's down, your arms are like this, and you're on like a lawn chair? 
looks like he's essentially tanning. His head's down on the mat, totally flat, and Ma- like Magni's just pounding on him and pounding on him and pounding on him. And uh, he's like, "Defend yourself, Hector! Defend yourself, Hector!" But Hector's not like ha- so Hector's bad. hands are at his side, so he's like he can't defend himself. He's getting hit in the head repeatedly, and this goes on for like a good minute, where where Hector's just flat on his flat on his stomach, and Magni's pounding on him. And again, it was what, what did I say? The number one is here. I got it here. It, it was a hundred and. Uh, where, where do I have this here? It's a yeah, 114, 114 significant strikes in one round. Jeez. And he's just, he was just dummying him. Um, Flattened out. Yeah. Then, then at the beginning of the third round, he goes up to Lombard, who is not there. Like, Lombard, Lombard's soul has left his body at this point. And he's like, Hector, <laughs> you better defend yourself. If you go to the ground, you better defend yourself. And, and Hector's like, <laughs> the fight opens up, and Magni just hits him square in the face. Because Lombard, at this point, is not there. Nothing. He's nothing. Lombard, to his credit, lands a good strike. He lands one good counter during this exchange. But most of the exchange is Magni just, like, wrecking him. And then Magni takes him down and like just glides into Mount like like a new like a fresh knife with butter like just glides into Mount, and uh, he's pounding on him again, and Percival still isn't stopping it. Then then Magni um, locks up a triangle from top, and and starts hitting him while he's triangled, and finally Percival stops the fight. But like this this fight was just like come on you like you got to stop this fight. Yeah. Uh, that- that one was a really, really bad one. And the fact that Magni actually came back after a 10-8 round and did that, like put it on That's Hector insane. Lombard, is crazy. But that fight was like, that could have been stopped like eight, nine times before it got to where it got to. Yeah, and it could have been, like you said, it really could have been stopped for both guys too. But I think that's the problem, you know. I talked about Big Dan and the, the, the Psychology 101 as far as projecting when you make a bad call. But there's another... Um, psycholo- uh, 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 psychology that I like to talk about, and I use the term overcorrecting the steering yeah, wheel. Yeah, that, that, this was overcorrecting the yes, steering wheel. Yes, yes. You let, let Magni take the beating, so in turn you have to let Hector Lombard take the beating. And that's one of the biggest mistakes because you can see it play out in real time, and if you know what you're looking at, you understand what the, you don't agree, but you understand where the ref is coming from, and you're like, yeah. oh no, he's gonna, in his mind, he's making right here, but really he's just making this worse. There's, there's that and the championship bias, like the championship bias is real yeah um, oh yeah that, but, that could be in some 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 topic or some picks here too for sure yeah, yeah. no no it's in, it's in one of my honorable mentions yeah, but yeah and, and i will just add something too that and this wasn't the case because there was plenty of excuses but you do see a lot of the times where refs it's like they need to get grounded pounded because it's like they have to realize like Strikes on the ground are different than standing. Like, you can do light pitter-patter, and it can still justify a stoppage. But I think some refs, whether it's the idea of what's right in their head, they're waiting for that finalizing blow, Mm -hmm. or they subconsciously realize that the crowd slash everybody else is going to think they do a bad job and boo them if they don't Mm -hmm. if they if 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 they stop it before that final blow comes so they okay just make it final so you'll see refs almost encourage more damage and i'm not saying it's right in fact i'll have a example where it was dead wrong um and it wasn't the excuse a good excuse for percival who by the way aaron did you notice this if you are australian or have any australian ties for people that don't realize the crowd was behind lombard uh, because Lombard used to live in yeah, Australia. He used to live in Australia. Um, yeah. He has ties after like he he competed in judo there. 
But like, if you're getting, if you're an Australian and you're getting refed by like John Sharp or Steve Percival, like what was it, Ryan Bader versus uh, what's his name, uh, the uh, the old guy they brought in to fight Crow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Perosh. Perosh, and he would come out to kickstart yeah. my heart, and like you know that because you know he was like 27 when the song was released in '86, yeah. and he's still fighting. <laughs> but like, remember that that the beating hippo. or Mark Hunt versus Steve Steve and I don't want to get too much yeah. into these, but like, if you are Australian and you have one of those guys, they're gonna be like, all right, mate, you go to represent yeah. us well. I'm going to give yeah, you every exactly. chance I'll get, even if you did. <laughs> like, it's it's almost like, it's like you're trying to help your countrymen, but you do realize you're destroying their brains yeah. and shortening yeah, their exactly. careers. <laughs> you're making their brains turn into mush by not helping them. Anyways, this is a weird common thread I spotted. Uh, that was your number two. So I got to give my number two now. Yep. This one actually should be pretty quick because it's so obvious, Aaron. I just, but I couldn't help. I told myself I wasn't going to put this one on, but you go back and watch it and it's just comically bad. It's comically bad. It serves as a great example. And not just because these were females or being ref by a female. I'm not picking or disseminating in a discriminatory fashion here. But it was Kim Winslow's call in Strike Force. Uh, for I know, I know where you're going. This is on my yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Cyborg versus Jam. I just couldn't not have this one. Yeah. And Aaron, you, you, you know why. I mean, how many? It was like multiple rounds of like, are we going to stop this? Yeah, there were five knockdowns in the fight, in a two-round fight. One-and-a-half-round fight, if you want to get particular. Actually, probably less than one-and-a-half rounds. It should have been less than a half yeah. of a round, though, because like yeah. she stopped she throwing offense at a certain point. Well, this is the thing. People, like, when this topic comes out, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds is Shevchenko versus Cachoeira. Yes. This was worse. Like, this, yes. if it wasn't worse, it was on par. I agree. Because you had Cyborg dishing out punishment. And I'm sorry, the difference between Cyborg dishing out punishment and Shevchenko dishing out punishment is... Like, you're, you're not comparing apples to apples yes. here. And, um, like, when you're watching Kashwera against Shevchenko, like, she's never, like, really out. Like, she's she's still taking the beating. But mm-hmm. she's, like, she's she's sort of intelligently defending herself. Finney's sort of as well. Like, Finney was kind of intelligently defending herself. But, like, she got dropped. Like, Kashwera didn't get dropped that many times. Like, Finney got dropped. Like, the officially, if you go and look yeah. officially, it says three times. It was five times. I watched it this morning. She was dropped five times in that mm-hmm. fight. Um, yeah, this one was awful. Yeah, and, and it was brutal when Cachoeira was getting bombed on from a ride position. But keep this in mind, too. The only time Cachoeira was really in a turtle position was because Shevchenko rode her slash forced her there. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jan Finney was in turtle position many times. And Chris Cyborg wasn't even out. Chris Cyborg wasn't even standing near her. So yeah. in other words, based on body language alone of a fighter turtled up after getting bombed on, and the fighter's not even around her, and she's already turtling yeah. up, like... You could probably just stop it right there. That looks horrible. That is like the worst body. They were language. booing Kim Winslow for like a good minute or two in that fight, like just booing her because she's not stopping the fight. And and I mean, the, maybe she thought they were booing her because because Cyborg was landing strikes to the back of the head, and she took the point in the first round. But the hard yeah. the hardest part from whether it's commentators that I love and my favorites like Marl Ronaldo to like the Gus Johnsons of the world, the hardest part was hearing those guys have to fill space because you could tell they were just like this should be stopped, but they were just like. The uh, the te- uh, intestinal, what do you say, fortitude of, of Finney? Like, they're running out of things, like, uh, um, she's got say, heart. Like, <laughs> did show a lot of heart in that fight. Like, she wanted out Ooh. for sure. But, like, she was, she was like, kept standing, kept going toe-to-toe, kept throwing with Cyborg. I will give Jan Finney credit. She deserves credit for that fight. Even It's Winslow who doesn't deserve credit. No, but, she doesn't uh, deserve credit. But it's also one of those fights where it's, like, it's one of the quintessential reasons where when people say it's not good when the commentator is saying the fighter's tough or has heart, this could yeah. be, like, one of those staple fights that, that, that oh, holds sure. that example. Oof. Anyways, that, that, that one everyone should know about. But, uh, but yeah, number... 
Number one time, of course, Aaron already gave his number one, which which was. Um, oh, I, but I have a number one. Which was recall. yeah, yeah. So you're gonna give your adjusted number one, but just yeah. your, your your original number one though for the audience just was Drew Dober versus Leandro Silva, correct? So, yeah, that's correct. Okay, mm-hmm. so what is your adjusted number one, sir? All right, so my adjusted number one. Everybody talks about Weidman versus Rockhold as being a bad stoppage by Herb Dean. Yes. But there was like a version of that that was way worse that happened recently. Uh, I think it happened in 2018. It was uh, C.B. Dalloway versus Khalid uh, Mertazaliev. Like, you, you sunk my battleship, but now we're on the right page. So please, is this, is, you, you start us off. One? Yep, you start us off, yeah. sir. You, you set so, it up, please. So basically, Dalloway's gas tank is completely empty. As the like towards the end of the second round, he's he's essentially like a training dummy at this point. Like he's just laying there, and Murtazaliev walks into mount. Like he was he went from standing to mount because Dalloway was turtled up in the corner of the cage, and he walked into mount. So he then then Murtazaliev has his back, and Dalloway turtles up completely. Like he's mm-hmm. he's turtled. That's the definition of tur- his back is to his opponent. He's looking out of the cage. Herb Dean's looking. He's right there. Like Herb Dean's not even out of position. And Murtazaliev is just pounding on him. Like, he outstruck him 48-4 to in this fight, 33 strikes to the head. But Murtazaliev is just pounding on Dalloway's lifeless body. Like, like Dalloway is laying there. He wants out. Like, I don't know why he didn't tap in this situation, but he is just getting obliterated by Murtazaliev. And um, Herb Dean's like, defend yourself, CB. And CB is, like, not there. Like, CB, is, <laughs> CB, is, CB was left to fight a minute ago. He, he's got zero gas tank. And Murtazaliev is just pounding on him. Um... And then, to make matters worse, he lets Dalloway get to the bell. So the bell rings. He, he doesn't oh, stop yeah. the fight. This is the same thing that happened in Weidman versus Rockhold, mind you, where, where Rockhold was in mount pounding on Weidman, who was sort of defending himself. And again, championship bias, that's where this comes into play. Right. But Dalloway's not even defending himself. He's like, he's, he's turtled for like a full 15, 20 seconds and getting pounded on. Um, and then, to make matters worse, Dalloway's on the ground and Herb Dean's like, get up, get up, CB, <laughs> get up. You can't get up. I'm gonna stop the fight. Yeah, yeah. And like, and his, you hear his corner be like, "Get up, CB!" And CB walks over to the corner, gets on the bench, and he's like, "He's done. Like, he's yeah. out." Um, it, we come to find out later in the fact that both Dalloway. I don't know if Dalloway's popped after the, the, the this fight, but Murtazaliev, I think, was on door standalone and popped after this fight. But uh, because he was like, uh, he took the fight on like ten days' notice or something, or five yep. days' notice, and they didn't test him before the fight. Uh, they tested him after the fight. Even had they tested him before the fight, it wouldn't have made a difference because the results don't come in right away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible stoppage by Herb Dean. Dude, that was so bad. Yeah, this was the like you know how everybody when there's a bad stoppage they use the Simpsons gif of like stop, stop, he's on, <laughs> you're dead. Like that was like again the poster child stoppage for that gif. If you were like pick one stoppage in MMA that best represents that gif, I think you have to submit this one, right, Aaron? I like how you mentioned also Dalloway versus Lombard earlier, and I had both of them in different fights. Yes, for uh, different reasons. On my list. <laughs> I was going to mention that at the time, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to spoil too much. But yeah, this was a stop, stop, he's already dead moment for sure. Because... And, I, and I did the counting, by the way, Aaron, from when, I, at least in my opinion, you could justify a stoppage, which is when CB first turns away. And he does turtle the turtling like motion. A minute and a half left. But it's worse than turtle, Aaron, because he does this motion for to turtle, which is like a sign of surrender. Again, and he curled up into a ball. Again, you, you can't give fighters shit for tapping the strikes, folks, because this is what they have to deal with. If they don't, there are certain things. You give up rear naked chokes, you turtle, you use certain body language that signal to the ref that the fight's over, and you still you still um, keep your respect. It's like a quiet code of honor. Um, and so it really hurts somebody, God thankfully, have not have to be in that same situation, but again, someone familiar with combat 
to see that quiet, unwritten rule of respect taken away from a fighter at the cost of their own health is just hard to watch. And I think I said 45 to 55 seconds, you can argue, for the pile TJ Wahlberger, uh, according to my countdown. This was mm-hmm. about a minute and five to 55 seconds, so a whole 10 seconds longer, a whole minute over a minute. And again, I uh, play, played this for someone new to the sport, and they actually got visibly upset. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, why isn't this guy stopping it? You hear the commentary. And the commentary were like, the like, they stop, stop it. the fight. And stop the worst the part of what you said is, is at the end, it's almost like extra medical uh, came in. Like they, they thought the fight was over and they should come in. They're tending to him. And the worst part is Herb Dean, again, out of position. He's behind CB, who, again, it doesn't matter. He's not responsive anyways. He's like, mm-hmm. CB, you got to get up. And he's like, P- Herb is borderline almost pushing the medical team away because he's mm-hmm. trying to abide by that rule that he has to get up to his own corner when really the fight yeah. should have been stopped. And then he actually, then Herb actually runs around to get to the right position gets in between the medical staff that's trying to attend to this freaking hurt individual, right? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he goes, wait, wait, CB. Because again, it's because it's, it's it's a power trip. It's a power trip. You got to listen to me. And I'm not picking on her, but it's just it's just the refs. You got to know when it's the time to assert your power, like stopping the fight. And if you fail to assert your power at the proper time, it is not your time to assert your power um, to you know uh, be a to, to give demonstrative order to a concussed fighter that is concussed on your doing. And of course, CB doesn't even respond. Everyone's looking at him, and then he, and then Herb calls the fight because I think in his head he's trying to overcorrect the steering wheel, and he's like, "Shit, I probably should have stopped that. Um, I need a reason to stop that." CB, he's not trying to be mean to CB, in fact, but I think the subconscious is Herb going, "CB, please give me a reason to stop this, so I can overcorrect my steering wheel." Mm-hmm. As we talked about again, I'm not defending Herb to the extent that I agree with him because I don't agree with him. This is number one on on my and almost on your bad stoppage list. But what I'm saying is that we have to understand there's a psychology there and the refs still have to account for that. That was a bad stoppage. And a lot of the time when refs hear the 10 second uh, warning, they'll let the fighter fight it out regardless. And I think that's stupid. Like you got to stop the fight when it's time to stop the fight. In fact, I applause refs when they stop a fight with only a second or, or other second to go because that proves they're going by the rule again uh someone like john mccarthy explains this very well that the, the, the ref should be ignoring the clock um it's about fighter safety and situation the clock is not even secondary it's like third it's a it's a vast third mm-hmm. so Absolutely. anyways but that i'm glad we came we both came <laughs> on to that one uh yeah, those are the, the two uh i guess we have two agreements on our list so that's good that's right let me pull up a listener list real quick to give them first dibs. Again, folks, it's been a while since I did these, so I understand that participation um, is a bit lower. And I, I was bad. I didn't post these on like the Facebook channels that I normally do. So I'm, I'm getting better about that, folks. By the way, at the PYN Podcast, it's the same address on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I don't flood your timelines. In fact, as I just Synergy. admitted, I don't even post the stuff I'm supposed to post. So if you're worried about being spammed, you won't. But every little helps a lot. Please give a follow there. Uh, and I'll save the rest of the plugs for the end of the show. All right. Iceman Wim Hof. Uh, of course, that is at Brad's check over from the MMA fellow Analysis Canadian. Podcast. That's right. And fellow Canadian. Um, these were just off the top of my head, he says. So I know I missed some egregious ones. Big Nog versus Ensign Inouye. That was at Pride 19. Um, that was on my honorable mention list. But um, there's another Ensign Inouye fight that, that almost made this list that ranks a bit higher for me. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Pat Curran versus Joe Warren. We covered that one. Rockhold versus Weidman. We referenced that a lot. Hopefully you guys all know that one from UFC 194. Oh, here's a good one. An old school one. Tanner versus Baroni one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a deep cut. Yeah. I mean, 
I, and I always feel worse. Like I forget, like um, I forget I took a, a a Tim Hague fight off my list originally because like I recorded this first episode like back in, after Tim Hague, another Canadian there, recently passed. So felt it was a bit taboo. But you, whenever the guys pass, and then you look back at their wars or bad stoppages. You know, you're not pointing fingers, but you just you look back and you go, well, that couldn't have helped. Um, and he goes, and of course, the worst of all time. Robbie Lawler versus Tiki. It was a cut. They stopped it for a cut. And it wasn't the same kind of cut like a, a Lawler it versus like, Lytle. Gash. This yeah. was, yeah, this was a different. Like, this was like, are we still in, which we they were, if you go look at the date of that fight. I mean, it is still the early days. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're still making some really bad mistakes. Granted, those were like UFC 1 through 10 mistakes, that stoppage, but that was mm-hmm. a bad one. Absolutely. Those are good ones. Bad nose of stuff. That's right. Aaron, before we get out of there, out of here, let's knock out our honorable mentions. Uh, no, tell us some of the ones that almost made your list that didn't quite. All right, so there was the aforementioned uh, Cachoeira versus Shevchenko was on my list. Yep. Uh, Pete Sell versus Nate Quarry was Ooh, on my list. Ooh, good one. You want to go back to the early days, let's go to UFC Japan. Conan Silvera versus Sakuraba. I almost, almost the only made that big on my John list. Yep. Yeah, the only big John McCarthy entry on my list where, where Sakuraba shoots for a takedown. But you know what? When you watch it, like... I could see from McCarthy's vantage point how he thought that Sakuraba was actually falling rather than shooting. Like, yes. It's, it's not a terrible, terrible stoppage in hindsight. I mean, it's the fact that they had to redo it later in the night kind of makes it more worse than it is. But, uh, yeah, it was it was still pretty bad. And the only uh, reason why they redid it, by the way, speaking of even back in the day, they didn't go back to do no contests or redos. But there may have been some, may or may not have been some Yakuza influence as far as uh, the commission doings that night. But go on, go on, Aaron. Yep, I... Carwin versus Mir. Carwin oh, sent Mir into the living death. Oh, I thought that was a bad him. one. Oh my goodness. Uh, Rockhold versus Weidman, as discussed. But I, like I said, I thought that the Dalloway Mirzaliyev uh, uh, finish was basically a worse version of that. Yep. Same referee. Um, what else do we have here? Cyborg Finney was on your list. Uh, what else do I have? Anything else? And uh, Burns versus Johnson was on my list. We discussed that one earlier as well. Cool. Uh, no, those are all good. Um, I'll go through mine. Uh, the one I kind of teased or Anson in a way. Uh, this was like I think number one. I'm like fights you wish you stop. Uh, you wish were stopped sooner because Ensign in a way, of course, you know he is literally the way of the samurai. I mean, he's yeah, one of those guys that are willing to die in there, and it also serves as an example of why you need to protect these fighters from themselves. And just look mm-hmm. no further than Igor Vichenko. Oh, Vichanchen. there was one more also. Sorry, there was oh, one more that from the old days that I forgot. Was the Gary Goodrich? I forget who he was against where he was pounding on the guy. He had him in the crucifix and was pounding on him. Oh, Paul Herrera. Yeah, 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 Paul Herrera. Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. Herrera. That's, that's and, a bad one. Ensign versus Igor Vovchanchin, though. That's just a brutal one. Um, it's not as long as Mertzaliah, but it's it's very similar. We're like... Uh, he's in that same flattened turtle. It's not even a turtle yeah. like 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 Dalloway was in because they're not even to their base. They're flat. Um, and Ensign Inoue is just taking damage. And he almost died. He had like swollen facial fractures. I mean, he's probably the closest to a, a death that we had um, in any any era of mixed martial arts. So that one has to make it. Of course, I referenced Mark Hunt versus Steve Amiochik, which was John Sharp over in, uh, over in uh, whatchamacallit, Australia. Um, Lozon versus Aya Quinta. Uh, I remember them just kind of lows on. Sometimes you don't have to be the champion to get that extra of uh, love from the ref, maybe when it shouldn't be given. Donald Cerrone versus George Masvidal was a pretty bad one. You can blame it as much on the corner as the ref, though, uh, if we yeah. remember that one in Denver, Colorado. I wrote to Shara Maldonado, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. I don't know if that sparks oh, anything for you. Oh, I remember that one. Um, maybe I'm thinking of Stipe Maldonado, actually. Stipe Maldonado was a really bad one where Stipe, like, just Stipe destroyed Maldonado destroyed in that him. fight. 
Yeah. Glover uh, Maldonado. I'd have to go back and watch that one. You, you mentioned um, Shevchenko versus Kashoheda, but the Yamasaki one that almost makes it on my list, um, it was Cavalcante versus Pat Cummins at UFC 190 in Brazil. Where uh, he let he let Cavalcante be a warrior in Brazil, let's just say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. just head elbowed like 14 times. It was like 14 elbows like with his head pinned to the cage. I counted. It was brutal. Um, Rousey versus Tate won uh, with that, that arm bending backwards. Um, Munoz versus Weidman, the, the, the fight that got Weidman on the map. Um, oh, yeah. The elbow was sweet, one. but there was like literally like 12 to 14 grounded pound mm-hmm. shots of unconscious yeah. Mark Munoz who didn't do well after that. That was a really bad one, yeah. Um, that basically ruined his career. And Munoz was like a top 10 guy at the time. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, a note that you said, like uh, when fighters drop or uh, give that inclination, uh, some of these fights I left off because of that. Like, for example, Herb Dean gets crap for what was it? They they ran it back. It was um, the guy who in Texas, Al something versus um, versus Asaba Homasi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, yeah. Al-Hassan versus Homasi. That, that, that stoppage happened in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Either yeah. the rematch happened in Detroit or the first, yeah. I'm not sure. I just but remember, I just remember in interviewing one of them backstage that night. And, and yeah, I don't fault when a guy drops, when they give body language. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go over and hang a referee for that. But, however, there are certain common threads. And with Herb Dean, a lot of them were grounded pound, man. You got Mike Pyle. Versus the T.J. Wahlberger, right? We talked about the Mertzelayev. That was a grounded pound scenario. Weidman versus Rockhold. That was a grounded pound scenario. And similar to Wahlberger, where you got one, a guy young in his career, which that's why it's important to not to do these stoppages correctly. He didn't fight again. Well, Cynthia Calvillo yeah. had one of her last amateur fights in this reputable organization called GKO. Or it might have been one of her first pro fights because they do am and pro over there in California regional and her refs those a lot of those a lot of bigger refs will ref smaller shows in california to keep busy and she fought jessica sanchez at gk07 and it's the, it's a disgusting stoppage i mean she literally has the girl from guard to mount half guard and is just elbowing her and there's, it was her dean yeah there's cuts this oh, girl's brutalized right. cuts like and again not even and i this is you can accuse me of being sexist but i will say that i i try not to i don't i don't feel i'm wired that way but yes, the fact that it was a female, a young female, young in her career, watching her, not just head trauma, but like visceral, you can see the blood, multiple cuts, and then yeah. she doesn't fight again. And then Cynthia Calvillo is no joke, folks. We saw that she no. was no joke. <laughs> she is not. I mean, there was just no reason he needed to let her be a warrior to steal. Uh, those weren't. Those were Yamasaki's words, not Herb's words, but that's essentially what Herb was doing here. Yeah. And again, if, if I'm being critical, I'm going, Herb, you know, ground stuff is your thing. You're one of the few refs that have fought. You were a veteran ref. Like, what's going on here, man? We got to focus on your ground and pound, uh, on your ground and pound policing. Yeah. Well, Herb is a, is a really good referee a lot of the time, but he has lots of brain farts. He just has a lot of different... Sometimes, like you said, he, he tries to overcrack the steering wheel. If he ever has like an early stoppage, like sometimes later in that night, he'll let it go longer. But like you, you can't referee fights differently. And that's another thing for accountability for these bodies, or if, even if it's the other judges that are serving as outside accountability, you got to check each other, man, and remind each other, like, hey, it's okay, it's normal to overcorrect the steering wheel, or hey, you had a bad call there, but you know, put it behind you, go into this next fight with a clear head. But even if you don't have a clear head. If there's one thing you need to focus on, it is not overcorrecting the steering wheel because you could hurt someone by either hurting their paycheck by stopping it early or, more importantly, hurting their brain by stopping it late. 
Uh, lastly, uh, Andre Koreshkov, Marius Aramskis over in Bellator. Oh, that was a bad one, too. That was a bad yeah. one. Uh, another Kim Winslow Strike Force one, not as bad, but was King Mo Lorenz Larkin from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember that. Czech Congo versus Mustafa Altwerk. It's off, awesome ground and pound, but it probably could have been stopped sooner. UFC 92. Um, this one I, I wrote on here as an honorable mention, but again, fights where I won't throw the ref under the bus. Do I agree with the stoppage? No. Was it a good stoppage? No. But I'm not going to throw Kevin McDonald under the bus for Ian Kutlaba versus Magomed yeah, Ankalaev. That, I, I know I'm not. I know I'm not. I was going to mention the that. same thing. But yeah. like, we're all judging it based on hindsight. Refs don't have that luxury. And again, mm-hmm. it was not the right call. But right call or wrong call? How many fights, Aaron? You've been watching and covering this fight forever. How many fights have a guy play possum like Kutlaba to that extent? Very few. Very few. I mean, how can we expect a ref in real yeah. time to react to that? Yeah, Plus, exactly. Playing possum. I, I wrote this right after it happened. Basically, it's like playing possum is is a great is great if you're able to fool your opponent. But just keep in mind, you might also fool the referee. Yes, yes. So again, folks, we're not just throwing refs under the bus here for for what that's worth. Um, Aspen Lad versus GDR. I wrote as an honorable mention. I don't agree with it, I, but it's not. I had no but it's not a terrible. I, I I I did, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like. Like, like anything egregious like to make the list. Like I could see, I don't agree with it, but I could also see why the ref stops. So I know it's political of me, but I'm, I'm pretty much right in the middle of this one. But the problem with that one is like, if you go back and watch it, okay, GDR puts her down and Aspen is on all fours facing outside of the cage. Yes. At that point, I think you're okay to stop the fight. I agree. She's not, she's not intelligently defending herself. She's like in a position that's close to being basically turtled. And then when GDR lands the next strike, that's when the ref stops it, and that next strike is basically what woke her up. And yep. then she was like, she was on her back, like being like, "What happened? Like, you know, then why would you stop the fight?" But like, I think that first strike is actually was when the fight should have been stopped, and that's when Herb was coming in. That that next uh, strike was kind of the icing on the cake, and that was the thing that actually made it look like it was a worse stoppage than it was. Absolutely, and I think that don't get me wrong, um, I think a lot of these are going to be controversial either way. Some of these are just born controversial. These incidents, correct, Aaron? <laughs> However, yeah. I do think it's important, especially for the commentary, kind of like we referenced before, to make sure they're putting these things into the proper context as best they can. Because I think I, what I had more of a problem than whether you were for or against the stoppage of Ladran, I mean, here's what I had more of a problem with, Aaron. The fact that not just A, like we just talked about, everybody's judging and judging the ref on hindsight, which is unfair, A, but B... We're not giving the proper context, and sometimes it's not the referee's fault, like with a referee just parroting Dan Mergliata. Sometimes it's, and I'm not even going to say it's production's fault, but production does play a role. For example, 100%. when you play slow motion or you only play part of the clip, you're not giving full context. And they played multiple clips, but they were all in slow motion, mm-hmm. and they were all at different parts of the GDR exchange. And yeah. it doesn't show, it doesn't, you know, so when you take it out of context... It doesn't make it fair for either argument. So you have people arguing fair sides based on unfair context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got to watch it in real time. If Absolutely. you're a referee in real time and you're standing where Herb Dean was standing, I can completely understand why he's not Absolutely. that uh, Rick Glenn versus Gavin Tucker, but that's Oof, more of a non-stopage. That should have probably yeah, been yeah, stopped. Yeah, that's a non-stopage. That was a 30-25 <laughs> fight. And Lee versus Chiesa finishes my list of honorable mentions. All right, cool. Cool. Yeah, uh, Gavin Tucker was the, probably the second worst uh, that I've seen backstage after a fight. The worst being Tim Kennedy after Gastelum. Oof, he looked like a zombie, but that was bad. You know, I, I don't often sit near the medical tents, um, but on those two, at those two shows, I happened to be, and yeah, the the Gavin Tucker one was really bad, and the uh, the other one, uh, Tim Kennedy getting beaten up by Gastelum, was really bad. 
That was a bad one too. Yeah, that was that was a real bad one too. That was like that wasn't necessarily a bad like that. You could have stopped that fight. I, I don't think it was egregious. It would just happen to be a bad beating. Like, that, it was just I think that was the one where they were waiting for the knockout shot. When we were talking about earlier, maybe that was one of those scenarios where they probably could have stopped it earlier, but they're waiting for the definitive shot. Boy, did it come! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the grass. Kelvin Gaslam. I mean, he shot Kennedy from the grassy knoll. If you know what I'm saying. Yep. I know what you're saying. It's kind of a double play. If you okay, I'm not going to get in the cat. Kelvin's love for the green. Hey, I, I, I love Kelvin for that. Uh, not taking a shot there, but yeah, he. Uh, all right, um, that, that that was a fun list. Thanks for thanks for joining me here, Aaron. This was fun. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. More of these to come. Thank you if you're joining us on YouTube. If you're not, you're listening to this through iTunes. May I remind you to subscribe to the YouTube channel? I think you need like a certain amount of subscribers for they give you like a URL. So right now, instead of like YouTube.com backslash Dan, <laughs> it's YouTube.com backslash. So yeah. just type in Daniel Tom. Uh, hopefully, this should come up. Otherwise, follow me at Dan Tom MMA, and I have all the links to my YouTube channels. Website. Get a Bitly there. account, Dan. A Bitly. Yeah. I'm a boomer. What is a Bitly account? It's bit bit.ly slash Dan Tom, and then it'll take people to the YouTube page, and you just promote it that way. God damn it. See, these are things I need to know. Thank bit. you, Aaron. L-Y. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron, why don't you— You're younger than I am, by the way, so if you're calling yourself a boomer. That means that I'm like, you know, whatever That's, right. That's what I told people. Don't I, let... I'm, like a, I'm like a senior. Don't let the young face and the young younger age fool you. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Clint Eastwood, like shaking his fist at the, you know, at the kids on my lawn and the inside folks, you yeah. know, but, uh, but Aaron, as somebody who's more professional plugging things, please plug away. I know you, you, you've gotten really creative with your content, man. I'm really digging it. Let people know where they can find it, what you got going on. Yeah. So tsn.ca slash UFC for our UFC content at Aaron Bronstetter on Twitter. If you want to see the, uh, the different shows that I've been putting on during this time of social distancing, there's a uh, coffee and combat. There's, um, Fights of the Round Table is one that I've been doing, which is like a roundtable discussion with uh, with different fighters. There's Q and A Aaron, a little uh, nod to Key and Peel for that one. And uh, there's uh, various Mirshardists, where myself and Gerald Mirshard break down an album every day. I like ver- various Mirshardists. And if you guys do like a film version, you should do- name it after you instead of the, the co-host and be like Aaron Aronofsky. You know, film review. Uh, I, I, the problem is I don't have time for movies, Dan. I, like That's more your alley. You're the one who should be talking movies with. You should be having Joe Benavidez on and talking movies. That would be a good – I'd watch that. that. Don't believe me. That's one of my favorite um, MMA Junkie Radio interviews ever because uh, Joe – I found out toward the inter- end of the interview, like Joe, Joe did like a Barton Fink reference and I'm like, dude – who else is going to do a Barton Fink reference? Like, that is John Turturro, 90s. I'm, I'm all about the 90s, if you guys know me. Uh, so, so yeah, I definitely got to do that. Regardless, I do appreciate your guys' support and subscribing to the channel. If you want to support the show, I you know, I don't want to give too much away here. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a crazy time for everybody. Uh, everybody, you know, we're lucky if we have jobs. Uh, however, we do have jobs. A lot of us are having to make some sacrifices right now. Uh, I am making a commitment to try to keep all if not always all the majority at least the majority of my content uh uh free uh and and not doing a patreon however there are ways you can support this channel that kind of are free you go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com not only can you get the links to the itunes for five star ratings and reviews uh subscription to the channels and links to the youtube channel but if you use on it like their proteins their vitamins load up on that vitamin c during this time and that protein folks come on it's quarantine time you can click through that link at mixedmarshallanalyst.com homepage also works on the mobile doesn't take a penny from you it just takes a small percentage of whatever you buy 
kicks it back to the program, uh, helps support uh, the, the the things that I've done and will be continuing to do there, as well as Amazon. We all use Amazon. I'm not going to waste uh, Aaron's time with some of these so I'm, I'm a boomer. What's Amazon? Amazon.com is a place where you can <laughs> buy a bunch of different things, Aaron. Like, for example, somebody bought a whole bunch of uh, hand sanitizer. That actually wasn't me. I only was able to buy a couple through, thank you, Francis Ninganu. But someone found some on Amazon. Someone else, uh, you know, they bought some water. Uh, they've done some grocery orders. Actually, that was me. Um, and there are some other fun items which I'm going to bring back because the list actually has been growing. You guys have been clicking through. I will read off the items. It doesn't give you personal information. Don't worry. I'm not going to be like, Aaron brought a um, Mr. Pleasure 3000. Like, don't get me wrong. Hey, how, uh, you, how did you know about that? That wasn't off Amazon. That was a different site. You know, someone did buy something. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but like, I can't <laughs> tell if it's like a vibrator or an ultra-powerful coffee maker. So, I, you know, these, these, are, these are the fun things that uh, will be a part of the click-through reads. If you guys want to contribute to those reads or just contribute to the show, more importantly, again, mixmarshallanalyst.com. That's enough for me. That was more plugging than I'm comfortable with. I hate doing business, but there it is. Thanks, Aaron, for joining me. Aaron's going to be back on this program. Follow him on Twitter, at Aaron Bronstetter. And until next time, folks... Protect.